Thank you for joining us for Be Our Geek, where everyone is a geek about something and where we cover your pop culture landscape through our geek lens. I am Miss Shannon, here with my regular co-host and podcast life mate, Mr. Jayton Satia, Executive Director of the Twin Cities Film Fest. Hello, Jayton. How is it going? I do want to also say happy birthday to Jayton. Yay! It's me. It's me. Yay. Thank you. It's going well. Um, I stay at home. I COVID birthdayed it. Um, we ordered food from Crave to help support just our, you know, I live around the West End. So any and all the restaurants around here, um, my son woke me up by singing happy birthday to me, which was awesome. Uh, it was good. It was good. It's weird to have a, it's weird to have a birthday where last year, my wife was a professional dancer she actually choreographed a flash mob right for, i remember and it, it, was fantastic. it surprised me at uh the loop at the west end like we just went out for dinner this was last year and it was my 40th last year so all of a sudden there's this flash mob of dancers um because she also runs a flash mob company so anyways from that to like literally singing happy birthday to me in my living room with two other people i actually that's more my vibe anyways and you know that um, but it was That's good. Part, it was Jayton, good. That, the fact that that is your vibe, just hanging out in your living room, is part of the reason why we try to bombard you with all of these other things. Because right. I know. You get me out of the comfort zone <laughs> as I'm as I'm looking at my screen here. I saw two women dancing to our opening credits, which I don't right. think we've ever had, which is amazing. <laughs> So, I love this. It brings us to our guest geeks today. We're very excited to have them on. They are also hosts of their own podcast, the Hyperbole Podcast. So, joining us today, Ms. Daniel Fagri-Arlo and Amy Zeroff. Hello, ladies. Thanks for joining us here on the Geek Show. We appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Oh, and happy birthday. Thank you very much. Everybody was very excited for that. And I I will probably use a little piece of your pre-dance on... The promo for this because it yeah. was giving me joy. It was giving me so much joy. <laughs> and Jason can that. dance, and his wife is a professional dancer, and they don't dance that much to my theme music. So nope. I think that suddenly we have seen how much you should appreciate our theme music, Jayton. You know how hard it took me to find that song. <laughs> I love it. I bounce my head every time I, I listen to it. So I'm good. I appreciate you. I got you. <laughs> The only way Danielle and I get into our own podcast is through that kind of dancing. I mean, that is what amps us up. Well, and I think it's fantastic because when you, uh, we do this and we ask this question of all of our guest geeks, we go, what is it that uh, excites you? What is it that you love talking about? And what is it that maybe your friends, your families, your loved ones are sick of you talking about? And that's what we encourage you to come on our show and geek out about. And it was fascinating when I asked Amy, because I met her first, and she said, oh, Danielle and I, we talk about reality TV shows. And I got excited because that honestly is a giant blind spot in my fandoms. I don't watch a lot of t- reality TV shows. Um, enough of my geek-related fan sites do follow them. So I am familiar with the concept of all of these things, but I don't really watch them. So thank you very much for bringing this in. And I I, I told them that our show was only 45 minutes so that they had to pare it down, and that was very difficult for them. They still sent me like six. Um, so, and, and of the six that they sent, this is part of the reason why I'm not a good fan of reality shows because every reality show 
seems to have 18 spinoffs. Because what they threw back at me, uh, Jayton, is they told me, okay, well, we're real fans of The Real Housewives. And sure. it sounds like, Danielle, you are a fan of all of the 25 franchises. Of yes. Housewives. Yeah, do you want me to list them in order? Yes. Could you please? Because I have okay. no clue. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Thanks for asking. Yes. First is Real Housewives of Atlanta, then Real Housewives of Potomac. Real Housewives of Salt Lake City is brand new, but it's way up there already. <laughs> then I'm going to go Beverly Hills, New York. New Jersey okay. uh, OC. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, you are also a fan of Real Housewives, Amy, but not all of the franchises. So of the umpteen that Danielle just mentioned, which ones do you still stand? Danielle, I'm sorry, but did you skip Dallas oh. on purpose? <laughs> oh, my gosh. You're right. Dallas should be – that's a good point, Amy. I'm sorry. Where do you think Dallas should be in there? I think maybe right between with with Beverly Hills and New York. Sadly, we don't know if we're going to get a full Beverly Hills because several of them have COVID right now. But, um, and I'm very sorry about that, by the way, as you can hear in the tone of my voice. I, I really am sorry about it. But um, I really still believe that New York, Beverly Hills, Jersey, okay. and Dallas are the top four. Okay. But see, she skipped the best ones, which are Atlanta and Potomac, which ah. is hard, which is sad. I'll give you Atlanta. I do enjoy Atlanta. <laughs> Potomac actually had a real, a really wonderful last episode of their season. Okay. But she does enjoy Salt Lake City a little more than I would because there's way too much plastic surgery happening in Utah. It way does. I've seen the articles written about that particular fr- part of the franchise where it has made him – like a lot of, I believe what I read were the the Mormon counterparts were trying to clap back and say we are not always that attached to plastic surgery. Is that your experience from watching that show, though? There are it, the whole religious aspect is really interesting because you know we've seen sort of you know, Jesus Barbie type stuff on Real Housewives before, but we've never seen a deep dig into a bunch of different religions. So on Salt Lake City, you've got Mormonism. You've got sort of Mormonism 2.0, where the people are, say that they're Mormons, but they drank. You've got um, a Pentecostal preacher, and you've got someone who was born Mormon but is converting to Islam. It's a pretty interesting mixture. Oh, oh, and two of the women, one who's Mormon and one who isn't, uh, was are, are Jewish. Okay. So she, the one who is says that she was born Jewish and chooses Mormonism. Okay. It, it's The whole thing is, is like beyond fascinating. And yes, a couple of them look so much alike, and I don't know if that's by nature or by by uh, nature or by science. But that response that you had, Danielle, right there, where you're like, oh, wait, that is why I love fans of reality TV programs. Because I feel like every time I go, well, tell me about the show, there's always a moment they're like, oh, wait, and did this happen? And do you think that part of it is, although we do know, you know, and I don't like to go completely behind the curtain, just like I, I am a friend with a number of people who are magicians, and people always go, well, you know it's a trick. I don't care. Don't ruin the squeeze. So I do know that, yes, in reality, all of our reality shows probably have a producer who is assisting in pulling the strings. Now, in ignoring all of that, is it that these people that we watch in these shows are willing to give such a bizarre level of access <laughs> to their real lives on a continual basis. Is that part of the joy? That's kind of what I see. 
Well, I, I would say absolutely. On our podcast, we've actually had the pleasure of interviewing the executive produce, producer of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Okay. And interestingly, Miss Shannon, he actually steps back. It's less produced wow. than we think, okay. um, at least in that franchise. Right. I can tell that Salt Lake City is probably a little more produced right now because this is their first season. They're getting into the swing of things. But you have to be a very special kind of human to allow that kind of access to yourself and your family right. for that many years. Yes, and you come back and you come back. And we know that they, from the behind-the-scenes things that I've read, we know that they do get paid, but when you're a real housewife, a lot of it is the image, so you still have to spend a lot of money, which they probably would have spent anyway because they're real housewives. But And I think that's part of the appeal. It's it's this sort of, it's it's this glamour lifestyle. It's kind of like back to the 80s. It's sort of subconsciously Dallas and Falcon, Falcon Crest and stuff. But interestingly... The OC, which is the original one, yes. the, I, you start to think that those women really aren't that wealthy. None of them own their own homes. They all okay. rent them. It, you're, you're, they seem to all be living beyond their means, which okay. is its own interesting right. perspective. Right. Okay. Now, Jayden, did you see the rest of the list they had? Because there's a couple of them that I've seen bits and pieces of. So I know about Below Deck, which I... I watched yep. that for a while. I tried to watch that just because I already don't like ships and boats. And so to see <laughs> like people who are willing to like live that lifestyle, what drew, uh, drew you into that show? I think, again, it's, there, there's kind of the, it's an upstairs-downstairs kind of thing. There's the glamour of the absurd people who would want to spend a gazillion dollars for a couple nights on a boat. Yeah. But they do expect this beyond four-star service. And so then you see these sort of beautiful uh, deckhands and, and stewardesses and, and amazing chefs trying to make them happy, sometimes really delivering, sometimes not. And, but, it, but then it's also so frustrating because it's like you've got one job, and that's to keep these people's drinks filled, and they can't <laughs> sometimes do that. But Well, they can, but they're hemming it up for the show. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe so that's it. There wouldn't be conflict if everybody did their job. Well, that, that's true. That's true. And to that end, why did they sign up to live in, like, a two-foot by three-foot, you know, bunk right. um, that just, I mean, really, they're on top of each other, and some of them don't want to be on top of each other, but then those that do want to be on top of each other are, and that makes for good television. Right. I think so. And I think that it's the tips. They live for the tips, and yet, you know, to Dayton's point, they could they could do a lot more to earn more tips than they sometimes do. Sometimes they don't see the you know the forest for the trees. Right, <laughs> right. Another show that I am slightly uh, familiar with, and and it's if of the ones that you suggested, it was the one that I'm like I think I would like that, and I wish I paid more attention to it. it was 90 Day Fiance? Yes. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> now listen, Danielle was a late adopter to this. Okay. Were you not, Danielle? I was, and I only watch what is sort of the abbreviated version. If you're not willing to go in all the way, yes. you can dip your toe in with uh, Pillow Talk, which okay. is sort of the abbreviated once-a-week version. So this is how Danielle pretends that she knows what we're talking about each week. <laughs> Goes to Pillow Talk, 90-day fiancé, colon, Pillow Talk. Yes. And basically it's past uh, past 90-day participants who are now watching from the comfort of their bed or their couch um, and giving little uh, uh, tidbits of feedback. As, it's as like this director's cut where the director is talking over themselves, like, this is where I shot this. And like. 
So Danielle, she she really sounded very well versed for a couple of weeks, <laughs> and I couldn't figure out how. I mean, yeah, she must have really spent a lot of time catching up, and then she let it out and she said, "Oh, I just watched Pillow Talk." But here's the cool part about TLC. Every single show they do, there's 58 different renditions of that show right. to hook you in on Friday and on Sunday and on Wednesday. And so there's before the 90 days, after the 90 days, the pillow talk, the whatevers. I mean, like, it just keeps going and going. Yes. And there is there are some very serious stories that I can't unsee. And Amy and Jaden, I need to be honest because uh, Jaden knows this about me, but I'm very similar in certain fandoms to what Danielle does. Like, I oh. am... I am a universe wide and only like an inch deep on a couple of them because there's just some bloggers or vloggers or people that I'm like, I just watch the recaps. Like, I don't, like, I know enough to go, oh, yeah, that's what's happening. And they were on season 75 of it and there was a scandal. And so, like, I, I think the Pillow Talk version is less depressing because it is kind of, I mean, these are sort of, you know, when you get right down to it, this is basically a mail order situation, yeah. uh, female and male, sometimes going abroad to live there for, as Americans, sometimes bringing people for a better life in America. It's a little bit of a sad story, but somehow having the people who have been successful as couples, or at least are entertaining, even if they haven't been successful, commenting on it somehow seems, keeps it a little bit light. Plus, then we still have time for things that are really important, like Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders making oh, the team. Oh, wow. See? <laughs> I've never well, watched. How that. she got that in? Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> glad that you were an evangelist for that because I've never watched it, but they play a, a promo for it on a channel that I watch quite often. And there seems to be a lot of tears, some falling, you know, some things. Some be like, I don't know. So what's the what's the appeal of that particular show? Okay, I'm so glad you asked, Ms. Shannon, because it's so important. And it's been going on for about 16 years. Wow. And when it first started, Wait, I know. This and show it, has been around yes, for 16 years? Yes, yes. And it is the real tryouts for the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders every year. And the first season, so it used to only be available on, like, the Country Music Channel, which, yeah. in spite of having every channel, I don't somehow have that, so I'd have to buy oh, seasons. Oh, no. okay. So I would have to buy seasons and watch them like on iTunes or whatever. Sure but the, the, the way it used to be, it's evolved over the years a little bit. It used to be that they could do things like comment on their weight and stuff, and now they can't do that. So 16 years ago, just for people who don't have time to go back, it would be like Shawnee, Misty, Misty with a Y, Misty with an I, Candy with an I, Brandy. Um, you are too fat to dance now, and also you're not a very good dancer. And then they'd be like, Shawnee or Misty, be like, yes, ma'am, thank you, ma'am, thank you, thank you, ma'am. Now it's like, listen, um, Michaela, Lacey, you, because it's 16 years later, uh, you aren't really keeping up. Your pace isn't there. It's still the answer is, yes, ma'am, thank you, ma'am. Because wow. I, I could saw, be better. The promo that I saw was it's this is where the tears came. Like first, there was one of the 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 uh, is it the coaches or who makes the decisions? Uh, yeah. So the coach was going, "Have you ever cheered before?" Like, and this woman was not that bad. I was like, "Okay, she's crushing it." And they're like, "Have you cheered before?" And then so she looked crushed. And then you see her doing that crying but trying to like not mess up her mascara cry where she's like. Never give up your dreams. And yeah. Like, oh my God, this is the worst. This is the worst. <laughs> Thank you for the opportunity, right. ma'am. I'll be back. I'll work on that. Right. And I'll I'm be like, back. you just dashed her hopes with a. 
Like, that was a cruel, cruel coach, you know, kind of thing. Oh, and- one other thing, speaking music from the beginning of your show. Yes. So your music at the beginning of the show is a thousand times better than the music <laughs> on Dallas Cowboys, Steelers making the team. And now that's on MTV, they'll have like one real song per show. Oh, but all the other okay. times they're dancing, it's fake music that they piped in. They don't want to pay the credits oh, for right. the real music. Oh, and I agree. <laughs> We're the same way. I have a whole list of eh songs. That sound ish like other songs. That's my whole thing where I'm like, oh, we're going to talk about, hey, today we're going to talk about a dating show. So I found a dating type job, (laughs) kind of thing. You know, like, that's my whole life is going, okay, what are we going to talk about today? Oh, okay, well, we got, somebody's going to talk today, so let's talk about, we need a polka song. I go to sleep to that. Here's my favorite one that we don't ever use is this one, because uh, the song title has nothing to do with the actual song a lot of times. It's called Baking Cakes, and it just reminds me, if we were talking about another, one of the kind of reality shows that I watched, those reality competition shows like Great British Baking Show, this would sure. be in the background while they were, like, getting their flowers together for the sponge, you know, that kind of thing. So I agree, you know, I, I understand the producers over there going, how can I set the tone but not spend any money on royalties? <laughs> right. Because that is not the point <laughs> of this show at all. But do you think sometimes is that part of it, like the way when they're setting up? Because some of these shows that you've watched for multiple seasons, have you really been able to see an evolution of like the first time you could tell that they were super low budget and the lighting was wrong and they only took – they didn't take them any place fancy. It was like – and then we went to – the Olive Garden, you know, or something where they could kind of turn it into a sponsor rep and then it evolves? Well, here's here's where you see that with the Real Housewives franchise. In season one, now with Salt Lake City, it's not fair to say because they already have their plastic surgery. Yes. But in season one, most people have not yet watched themselves on camera and said, I need to do this, 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 and this. Right. By season 10, 11, 12, they're an entirely new person. Sometimes you don't recognize them at all. Sometimes they're um, like, like I, the only person that I noticed with that was Lisa Renna. And I don't even know when she started. And I don't even remember which one she's on. Um, yes. But I know she's on it. And I was like, you look a lot different. That's a different Rena, you know, kind of thing. Not different except bad. for the lips. The lips have have maintained throughout all of the seasons. Fair enough. Fair enough. You know, that she started with those. She yeah. led with the lips. Yes. But the, the, um, the other thing is that then when the sponsorship started happening, for example, in New York, Danielle, you might recall that um, uh, Cool Sculpting started sponsoring. And all of a sudden, not only were we watching them get cool sculpting and sometimes vaginal rejuvenation, but all of these things. And then folks were sponsoring that happening on camera. Fascinating. Fascinating. And I can't get mad at them. I'm like, there's been times like, you know, I ended up, I had braces a few years ago and that was because somebody off, uh, they're like, Hey, we'll pay for it. Okay, then let's do that. Yes, absolutely. I will talk about getting your braces. Um, And when you go back to, and we'll go back to Real Housewives and then see how this dovetails into some of these. And, and I start with that because I'm familiar with the way that some of those the Real Housewives, uh, their, their, main, their main characters, how they have been able to spin it into their own uh, cooking line, their own clothing line, uh, a, a really terrible album, those kind of things. And so are there certain ones that you think just really were able to really understand, okay, I'm a brand and a business, and I can spin it into something else? Do you have certain 
uh, favorites that have managed to do that in the reality world? So I'm a total sucker for a Real Housewives or other Bravo Liberty product. And I will say Bravo that Liberty, wait, pause, latest, pause. Yes. that was perfect. Please like, go back to that. <laughs> Who coined that phrase? Because I'm going to use it all the time now. And I'll give you credit for it. If unless I should say Andy Cohen made it up. Like, where did that come from? The Bravo (laughs) Levery, I'm sure, yeah, Andy Cohen or somebody else. But it's because it's, you know, the multiple shows. Like, Shaws of Sunset famously had uh, someone who who believed in the power and the magic of diamonds. And so she was going to make this magically infused diamond water where she sort of bought one, I mean, big for a ring, but small for an enterprise of water that runs through it diamond. And so I bought like a case of diamond water, which came like six to eight months after I ordered it, like kind of all jacked up and fallen over in the box and half frozen, but it was awesome. And it's, it's, I can go downstairs and get one. I still have them. Uh, and she's also now that same woman is into making, um, what are those called? Caftan. Yeah, she's a caftan lady now. I Most recently I've ordered, I did order a sweater from uh, Nene Leakes from Home Shopping. And okay. Amy has seen that. It's actually kind of fabulous. Um, and she had her own kind of clothing line. I think one of the most successful ones, besides obviously Bethany right. Frankel and Skinny Girl Margarita, mm-hmm. and she's got a bunch of other, you know, Skinny Girl products. I think actually Tamara Judge, who's now been kicked off of, the OC, she's got a CBD line of like I think CBD infused teas and bath things right. and lotions, and I think actually that's been somewhat successful. And I know Most somebody re- had wigs for a while. I remember them talking about her wig. Line. A couple yeah. wigs. That's funny you should say that because most recently someone from Potomac has a wig line. I don't know if Kim Zolziak, okay. now tardy for the party, formerly Atlanta, if she, she's into wigs. I don't know if she has a line. Back to Potomac, I have ordered, you know, August I ordered some La Dame perfume from Karen Huber, Huger, and I have not received it. It's December oh, 13th. No. Let's, talk about, <laughs> let's talk about the, the packaging problems and the shipping problems. Can we go back to Sonia Morgan, Danielle? Go back. Yes. Sonia okay. Morgan has, you know, we famously were, we've been waiting for Sonia Morgan's toaster oven line for about 17 years. But, um, before my children were born, I think. But, <laughs> but I did order, she had a cool ring that was like a, a snake ring, and I was so excited. It was very reasonably priced. So I waited again several weeks. I had almost forgotten about it, maybe eight weeks or something, maybe more. And I received a package from China with no branding. No return address, in, you know, suggesting it was from Sonia Morgan. Open up a box with just no branding at all about Sonia Morgan and the ring inside of it. She skipped the middleman herself <laughs> and just ordered a ring from China. I mean, it's fabulous. I love it. But it was, you know, but you're like, it could have taken an extra couple of days to brand it. I, and I know, and I did watch, uh, there's a show where they help potential business owners like he comes, like this guy decides whether he's going to invest with you or not. And the I know profit. Were, yes. So I watched the profit, and that's the only reason I knew about this other uh, Real Housewife that was trying to start like a salsa slash marinade line. And everybody was like, "Well, first of all, you can't call it skinny girl salsa or whatever because that's a, fr- a trademark infringement." Um, and like, and it just really looked like she was accidentally because she never. She was like, "That's it. Doesn't look anything like." Bethany's thing and it looked precisely like everything skinny girl I'm like no that's it it looks like Bethany all of a sudden made salsa (sighs) and it was funny so who do we do we remember who that is I can't remember her name but she looked real housewifey it was funny it was my favorite so I so can I ask a question you guys so I've never seen one episode of Amy Housewives (laughs) 
And I'm so like, sad, sad. I'm, no, no, it's actually, I'm very happy. I'm a very happy human being for that reason. No. Um, that said, I am Such fascinated <laughs> with you too, right? With the both of you, because I, because I am also, I curate content, but my content that I curate is independent films and films from across the world and just, you know, good stories. And I think at the base of everything that I'm overhearing right now are, yes, they're offshoots of offshoots of offshoots of offshoots, but at the base of it is the characters, even though they're, you know, and I'm doing the air quotes, even though they're real live people who are more or less faking it, but you really don't know. Regardless, they're providing you stories right? that, are, that you are then, of course, talking about. This happened and this happened and she did this and he did this and I wonder if they would do this. That is great storytelling and that's why these shows are so successful. So I want to give kudos to fans like you who make, again, storytelling in various arts and format is great right. for, for all of us. Now, again, some go towards documentaries where actually you know, they're talking about something that's actually happening in the world, which we should be aware of. And then some is just like, look, this is pure entertainment. This gives you a glimpse into somebody else's life, somebody else's world. You're a voyeur. <laughs> and by the way, it's all out there. Everybody can listen to this and be as passionate about it as you guys are. Um, the only, literally the only, I guess I'm running shift is a reality show, but you brought up The Prophet. Right. right. I like those kind of shows yes. where, where somebody comes in with expertise and helps somebody else progress their career. So one of my, my favorite reality show of all time is Shark Tank. Right. right. I love watching entrepreneurs come up with ideas and then still get butchered in front of everybody else. So when you talk about judge who says, do you really know cheerleading? Like, you know, Mark Cuban or Mr. Wonderful on Shark Tank does that with entrepreneurs. Like, this is a hobby and not a business. Go away, right? I'm not going to give you my money for this. So I can get passionate about that particular genre of reality show, whether it's competition and or whatever. But, you know, I didn't have much to say when you guys were talking about all these different shows. Because, honestly, I've never watched one. I yeah. know they exist. I've seen uh, Andy Cohen do interviews with these women. So I know there's offshoots of offshoots of offshoots, and I love the coin phrase "Bravo, Liberty." I mean, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. um, so, anyways, I wanted to read carpets all over the place, Jayden. They're yeah. just all over the place, and and I think that that's a good point. Is that there are such a variety of reality shows, and it's interesting because I feel like we'll go 15 to 18 years back is when everything started to become a reality show. Like, you know, the teetering on 20, because that's when we were getting the things like The Bachelor and these other things that have been around now an incredibly long time. And we were looking at it like, well, this is, this is the, you know, back when we were having writer's strikes and things still in California and all these places where content needed to be less, historically scripted so not scripted and you know not about historical content but in what we were used to writing a tv screenplay what looked like a sitcom those things i think it turned into instead of it being completely scripted it was more directed directed and produced because a lot of the shows on mtv you can't tell like the way that the people talk it sounds so scripted 
Like, because they're all terrible actors, and you can always tell the difference between a show where they're like, okay, like, you know, hey, tell us about where, you know, this is this, you know, there's a storyline, you know, and, and MTV, I think, has a lot of these kind of shows where it's like, okay, this is our son, we hate his girlfriend, we're going to have the parents talk, we're going to have the, the, the kids talk, and all this stuff, and they all sound so fake. Um, that even for a reality show, you're like, this does not sound right. And then you have other ones that really seem like an organic look in the people's lives. And I think the Real Housewives kind of seems like that because you're like, how many times can this person get drunk and fall into a bush and they're still going to let the camera follow them? If- oh, Luann. Poor yeah. Luann. I know. Always but, fall into a bush. Let me, I, I want to go back to what Jaden said for a moment because it's so important. You know, Danielle and I have jobs outside right. of this podcast, right? And we... You know, against what some people think, Danielle does more than just watch reality television. <laughs> and I noticed I said Danielle. <laughs> but, but, but the reality is, is that um, I, too, crave an incredible documentary or an incredible film. And when I'm when I'm seeking the kind of content and good storytelling and high production value, those are the things I go to. But late at night when I want to be for bed or whatever it might be, when I just want to be totally mindless, my drug of choice is reality television. That absolutely makes sense to me. Because you don't and have I to think, be emotionally invested. You know? And I, I think, all. And I think that there's also like kind of a – to Jaden's point about you know, being a, more of a true documentary, there are a couple shows that I think fit the bill of being – I don't know if I'd say educational, but much more documentary. And you don't know if the people on it are maybe conscious of the cameras or not. I think eventually they're not. But one example of that is Hard Knocks mm-hmm. on HBO. And that looks into, you know, a team, an NFL team, right before the season. It looks for it looks at final cuts. It's very real. I mean, obviously people are mic'd up and maybe they're conscious of what they're saying. Another one that it's, I think might be one of the best ones of all time is on Netflix. It's also football. It's called Last Chance You. And it's about – people who are these guys who have been deep they are d1 players they're right. d1 football players and some of them are bounce backs from d1 maybe they got arrested maybe they didn't make grades maybe they you know called tell their coach to f off or or some other something like that or other kids who should have been d1 they're incredibly talented but they didn't make the grades or they said it had some kind of a problem before they could get there and this is really their last chance to get to d1 which is the only way they're going to get to the nfl right. and you see some effed up crazy stories and some crazy coaches who are like kind of a-holes but they have kind of a, a magic way of working with with kids and maybe they scream at him and it's, it's a turnoff, but they can get something out of them and help these kids ultimately get out of, you know, the situation that they're in, which is where they think football is their only hope of, right. of going somewhere. It, it is a mind-blowing show. As a fan of reality TV show, and I think that what you just got to is a, a good way to pivot into this, when do you think that it teeters on, it's okay for me as a voyeur to watch all of this. And when do you go, well, maybe this dips into exploitive territory? That's a great question. It's a really good question. I think, I think 90 Days to Fiance sometimes feels a little exploitive. Okay. okay. I would agree with that. And I think that occasionally some Housewives franchises do as well. All right. Because we, when we think about how many divorces have happened as a result of being filmed all of the time. There have been um, deaths of spouses that we've been privy to that have been really uncomfortable as a viewer. Um, and, and, the, and the kids, you know, I just, I really wonder the impact that some of these shows are going to have in the future 
on the children who grew up being filmed. Right. Their whole childhood. Right. All right. So let's live on, let's end on a positive note. And then I want to talk to you about you as, as the amazing multifaceted human beings that you are, because we are both doing other things. We want to make sure we shout that out before we end. But okay. Both of you. And I'll let you ask, I'll, 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 here's what I'll do. I'm going to ask the answer, ask the question. I want you each to answer individually and then put your collective hyperbole podcast brain together and then make a recommendation. It could be the same. It could be different. So, Jayton and I, and I, as fledgling reality show viewers, where, if we only have one show, where should we start? If you like football, I would start with one of the ones I mentioned. Okay. There's another one on Bravo that doesn't get as much attention that has been interesting. And, and Jade made me think of it when he asked about kind of evolution within shows and that's a show called Southern Charm and it started out it sort of had these beautiful people that were they're kind of losers who some of them are descended from famous people one of them is descended from John C. Calhoun not just you know a terrible racist but like a, a an especially terrible racist, like a lover of slavery. Right. A lot of these people in South Carolina, you know, maybe if they're from long families, they have, you know, slave owner as, as, uh, as past relations, you know, back in the day. But he's sort of the most well-known and, and most outrageous. They start the show several years ago where they're kind of, you know, playing up these longtime Southern families. Right. And then, you know, by now, reality is has caught up. It's still misogynistic. Right. It's still kind of effed up. But you've seen the, 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 the people themselves realize the misogyny on the show. Okay. You've seen some of the people evolve themselves. You've still seen the evolution of, like, someone getting a new nose, and that still happens. Okay. But you see the evolution of some of those people themselves. You see in real life some of these people, like, getting arrested and having really, really effed up things happen, even kind of that are, that are sort of famous politically in South Carolina. And now this season, you see this Calhoun statue being taken down from wow. a park. It's been on the top ten list of statues to come down. And you see his great, 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 great granddaughters on the show. Um, and you still have new kind of characters. You've got this guy named John Pringle who sort of talks like Foghorn Leghorn. You still have like the, you know, kind of the, the ridiculous uh, uh, Southern love story. But you also have some real political things happening. And it, that, that is one where you get a little bit of everything. Right. You get something that's real and serious and something that's just total BS and eye candy. Okay, I'm going to look into both of those. Amy, yeah, me too. I'm going to say Big Brother. I'm totally going somewhere else. Gotcha. And the reason why I think that's great, number one, it usually happens in the summer. Okay. So it's an easy time to get to dip your toe in the water. And number two, it's also a competition. So not only are you learning about the people on the reality level, but there are multiple storylines happening. And then you want to cheer for one for a variety of reasons, not only because of their personal life, but because of their um, their the way that they can play a good game. Okay. And I All think right. just just a quick little thing. Big Brother is obviously inter, uh, what do you call it? international. Yep. They have Big Brothers all over. There are mm-hmm. different versions of it called Big Boss and whatever. So my mom actually is a big, big brother, big boss, big whatever, India. And that's uh-huh. all she talks about. So it's yeah. very fascinating because there's a big celebrity to host that show in India. And every time like Sunday night is my mom's Big Brother, it's fascinating. 
and I, and she made me watch it in in uh, last week or something. I was over at their house and I was watching Big Boss, yes, India, with the celebrity with the same concept as Big Brother, the exact same thing. But it was all in Hindi and some English, and I'm just kind of watching it. And she was like, "Don't you love it?" I'm like, "I don't, I don't know, no." It wasn't, and again, I could understand everything, even though it was in different language, and that was the language that I know. But it was again, I was more excited than my mom was yes. so excited. That was amazing. I'm like, "Yeah, six o'clock. I know not to bother you. That is your show, lady. You do this. You go. You go." Right. But anyways, I got you. I love, love it. that. I love it. All right, now you get to pick one as a as a joint force. Oh. Well, I'm just glad that Amy didn't see the Bigfoot show because that's a real point of contention between us, and it could have gotten real Ooh, awkward. It gotten messy. It would have gotten messy. <laughs> Amy, what do you think is one that's just like sort of for the ages? I love your Big Brother one. Uh, you know, Danielle, I I think that it might be the Bachelorette. Oh. I, 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 I have to disagree. I didn't, I didn't want to say it, but okay. All right, wait, wait, wait. One ages. How about selling sunset, Danielle? Oh God, thank you. Yes. Okay. We Ooh. can agree on that. We have come <laughs> to a, so a consensus. It's okay. so bad. It's good. Selling sunset. What is? Yeah. That? What is that about? Yeah. Reality show. Why don't you? Why don't you explain, Danielle? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So selling sunset really is manufactured. I mean, it is. It is for sure scripted. You have a bunch of ladies who are apparently former escorts. It's never confirmed, but they all have like a lot of, they're in super fancy outfits, but they all have a lot of like road hard, put away wet tattoos and stuff that you start to see. Um, And they'll all be sitting in like a real real estate office on their fake, their fake laptops that aren't even plugged in and that never been plugged in, that aren't even on, but they're like (laughs) typing as if they're looking at, 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 you know, properties. And then they'll have on almost every show of it, there'll be like an open house, but they only ever go to each other's open houses. (laughs) (laughs) All you need to know about it is this. It is Netflix version of Million Dollar Listing on Bravo. It's oh, a little okay. bit too little and a little too late. Wow. That's all I want to say. Okay, Jade. Now, I'm, I'll watch that one. I'll go find Sell, Selling, selling Sunset. Sunset yeah. Done. All right. Yes. We got it. We got it. Well, we want to make sure that everybody, they can find your podcast. You're easy to find all over uh, Instagram and Twitter and everything else. So they can go to Hyperbole Podcast. Look for at Hyperbole Podcast. They can also go to your website, hyperbole.fun. I love your web address. That is fantastic. Uh, do you guys also want to shout out some of the things that you do when you're not watching reality TV? Because I know, Danielle, you are a fantastic attorney, and Ms. Zeroff, you are also a fantastic event planner. So real quick, let's start with Danielle. What do you do during your day, day-to-day, and what would we find out if we follow you personally on your social media? I'm hard to tell first. You guys have a reality show? You guys can start? Just come up with something? <laughs> Look at your fake computers or something? I don't know. I think we should. That's a great idea. Love it, love it. Um, I'll be in it just for the just for the facial improvement or whatever that <laughs> <laughs> comes in season three. Um, I don't. You know, my my real job is in consumer credit, which isn't you know super sexy. I love the job though. It's great. Um, my passion outside of of pop culture reality TV is voting rights. Um, so I've done some work on that, but that is in my free time, not part of my regular job. Mm-hmm. Amy has a much more exciting and much more illustrious career than I do. So let's do it to that. Well, that's not true. Danielle's the smartest woman that I know, that's for sure. Um, and I've known her since eighth grade. I um, own an event planning and uh, production firm in the Twin Cities. We do events 
in non-COVID times all over the country. In COVID times, we do everything virtually. And um, I, my passion is connecting good people with good opportunities. Right. And I appreciate you. That is how I met Amy, is working with her on an event for an organization here in the Twin Cities. So I uh, really appreciate, Amy, you being in my circle and then bringing Danielle into our circle. We would love to have you on the show again. And if you want to talk about some stuff, like some some geek stuff, Jaden and I, we're your folks. We got you on that. To find out more about our podcast and more about uh, our good friends that we are talked to today from the Hyperbole Podcast, you can go to our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just look for Be Our Geek Show. You can also email the show at BeOurGeekShow at gmail.com. And we do encourage you, you're welcome to call our line at 612-276-2774. Please like and subscribe to Be Our Geek wherever you find your favorite podcast. So thanks to uh, both of you, Amy, Danielle, you were fantastic. I feel like I learned a lot. That is perfect, absolutely perfect. And you'll ha- you'll come on join us again, right? Oh yes, thank you both. This thank was so, so much. Fun. Thank you very much. And so, Jayton, I'm going to see you again soon. And everybody else, we appreciate you listening to Be Our Geek. We'll see you next time because everyone is a geek about something. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast1 to learn more and start your free trial.